amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. talking sports and having fun doing it i want all your ideas all your opinions and all your beliefs and of course as always you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion you have an opinion number to call 646-727-3070 that's 646-727-3070 you can listen to the show blogtalkradio.com slash pgan send messages to the show on twitter at go for again g-o-f-o-r-i-t G-A-N-T. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Chargers defensive tackle, Brandon Meebing. And, and we're going to get Brandon's thoughts on the Chargers at this point, three and five. But a team, very talented football team, a team that's found very a lot of ways, a variety of ways to unfortunately lose. But we're going to talk to Brandon about that. And also the great Eric Legrand. You remember Eric Legrand, former Rutgers standout, um, broke his neck, um, basically, and, and was paralyzed and is paralyzed from the neck all the way down. But the reality of it is he believes he's going to walk again. And if he believes it, doggone it's going to happen at some point, in some point, in some time. But we're going to talk to Eric about his recovery and his journey, and what should what we should expect from him in the near future. So Eric LeGrand will be joining us. Brandon Meebane will be joining us in the next eight minutes, and Eric LeGrand will be joining us at 7.35. So Meebane at 7.10, Eric LeGrand at 7.35. Look at right down to it. I mean, I got to start with the World Series. And what a fun, great, exciting, amazing, scintillating, memorable World Series that was. I mean, first and foremost, you come down, uh, uh, you, you, you're down 3-1, and then you come back from 3-1, and then coming back from 3-1, I mean, it's amazing. It, it seems like this is a year of the 3-1. I mean, you look at what happened with the Cleveland <clears throat> Cavaliers down 3-1 to the Golden State Warriors, and, you know, they found a way to come on back, and they found a way to ultimately win that particular series. You look at the situation. First and foremost, Chicago Cubs were the better baseball team, and, and that's just the reality of the situation. And, you know, when it got down 3-1, you were thinking, okay, even though they're a better baseball team, maybe, just maybe, the this team meeting the Cleveland Indians were hot at the right time. Just maybe the Indians were hot at the right time and were playing better baseball at the right time. I mean, if you look at the bats, with the Cubs. I mean, their bats were were bipolar. They had some bipolar bats. I mean, it, it was just some games, they're, they're high, getting a lot of runs, and then some games, they're low. 
the game seven was a high. That was a high for that baseball team. They were on a high scoring eight runs. Game six on a high scoring nine runs. So you did the bats would go up, the bats would go down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And you look at you look at the Dodgers series. At times, the bats were up, the runs were up, and then there were times where the bats were silent, whether it's one none, one nothing in game two to Clayton Kershaw. Was it two nothing, I believe, in game three to Rich Hill and the Dodgers? So it was ups, it was downs. But ultimately, ultimately, there were more ups. Fortunately for the Cubs, they have four ups and only three downs when it came to this particular series. But it was fun. It was most definitely fun. It was most definitely memorable. And it was most definitely something that I think we're going to remember for a very long time. I mean, it was an amazing series. It was amazing baseball played by both baseball teams. It was one of those series that you were like, man, somebody's got to lose. Somebody's got to lose. It was one of those series where you didn't want to see anybody lose. You know, you were thinking Cleveland was turning into title town. Cleveland was going to be title town. Title town USA is in Cleveland. At least that's what you thought. At least that's what you thought. But Chicago wasn't happening. And, and they turned out to be Destiny's Child. And I talked about the odds. Eight runs in game seven, nine runs in game six. Well, you look at game number uh, three, excuse me, game four, when Cleveland went up three games to one. Cubs only scored two runs. Only scored two runs there. So now you got the highs with the nine and the eight. Now you got the low with the two runs. Game three, Cubs score no runs. Now you got the lows. The lows, the lows, the lows. So the bats at time were, were quiet. And then at times the bats were very loud. And the bats were very loud at the right time. They dominated game six and looked like they were on their way to dominating game number seven until Rajay Davis happened. Three run shot. What? That was an amazing shot. I mean, when he hit that home run, you were like, whoa. I mean, Chapman at that point was seemingly unhittable. Chapman at that point was throwing gas, 102, 101, 103, just getting it up there at high rates of speed. And then, you know, well, first Lester, you get one man on, then you get another man on. And then Rajay Davis does his thing. And, and I look at game seven, and I point to that eighth inning. Because after Davis hits the home run, ties it at six, Coco Crisp gets a single. And then you got Jan Gomes up 2-1 in the count. And to me, this was very pivotal. This was a very pivotal part of that game. Up 2-1, Chapman reeling at that point. You had Chapman on the ropes. Couple punches here, couple punches there, and you got Chapman out. So you got Chapman on the ropes, jabbing him, hitting him hard. Boom, bang, bip. And then, and then, Gomes swings at one, pitch out of the strike zone. Gomes swings at another, pitch out of the strike zone. And then Gomes swings one more time. Another pitch out of the strike zone. And when you have, I, I, I know the, the, the pitch is coming up there fast, quick, fast, in a hurry. But when you have 
the pitcher real, seemingly tired at that point, gasped, you know, on the ropes. You got to go for that knockout club. But sometimes you got to have a level of patience when you're going for that knockout blow. You know, you got to have a level of patience. You got to sometimes, let me see, let me, let, let, me, let me set him up a little bit. Let me set him up. Let me set him up. I don't want to take him off the hook, but let me set him up. And Gomes got anxious, a little too excited, and ultimately he struck out. Ultimately, it would go to extra innings. Ultimately, Zobras with that huge RBI. They get a little insurance, and then they win the game in the 10th. And today they have the, the big parade out there in Chicago. 108 years since the last time the Chicago Cubs had won, had won um, you know, a World Series. An amazing time for if you're a Cubs fan. I mean, truly an amazing time. I'm not a Cubs fan, but, I mean, if you are a Cubs fan, obviously this is an amazing time for you. A time maybe that some people didn't think would ever, ever happen. And how about Theo Epstein? Excuse me. Breaks the curse. Breaks the drought in Boston. And then he breaks the he, – he's, he's the drought breaker. I mean, he's the curse breaker. That's the that's what he is. Heck, I think we should send him out to California out there in the summer and, you know, mess with that, those droughts and get rid of those droughts. I mean, I think that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. But we're going to bring in a guy now. Sandy, we're going to get back to the World Series in a moment. But we're going to bring in a guy now. Uh, San Diego Chargers, tough loss to the Broncos. Another tough loss for the Chargers, a team that easily could be 6-2, and two, even 7-1 and one at this point. But, but you are what your record says you are, as the great Bill Parcells would say. But we're going to bring in a guy who was a part of the San Diego Chargers, Brandon Meebane. Let's bring him in now. Defensive tackle for the San Diego Chargers, Brandon Meebane. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Doing all right. Thanks for joining us, Brandon. Another tough loss for the Chargers. You beat the Broncos a few weeks back, but this one was different. What made this one different? Um, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think, you know, it's hard to, you know, obviously it's hard to beat a team twice. Um, you know, they, they, that's, that's, they have a great football team over there. You know, you can't take that from, we also have one too. Um, you know, I just, it just came down to, you know, they just made more plays than we did. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's what it came down to. Well, let me ask you this. And obviously you look at your record, it's three and five, but if you look a little closer, it could be easily seven and one, if not six and two. Let me ask you, right. ask you this. Can you put into words the feeling of losing the game, losing games the way you guys have this year? I mean, you guys have lost some tough ways. Yeah, we probably lost every way or, you know, any way and every way that you possibly can think of. You know, none of the games that we lost are, you know, we, we never was blown out or never was just out of the game just totally. You know, we just made those little small, little detailed mistakes. Um, that, you know, other teams capitalize on. And, and uh, you know, we fortunately, you know, we end up losing those games. But um, I still think we have a great a great football team, no doubt about it. So is there a game that was kind of the most frustrating for you? No, no, no game is really is really frustrating. Um, you know, it's a, it's a team sport. So, you know, you got to you got to play as a team. Um, you know, you can't can't get down on anybody, you know, if they make a mistake. Because, you know, at, at some point we all make mistakes on the field. So, you know, the only thing we can do is just pull pull each other together and, you know, just keep your composure and, you know, don't get frustrated. Because, you know, when you start pointing the fingers, that's when, it, you know, it can easily just turn, you know, turmoil and you guys just turn on each other. And that's 
you know, when you're on a team sport, you know, that's something that you can't do. Now, do you see that going on at this point? Do you feel like you guys are still fairly unified? Definitely, definitely. I think we're definitely uh, unified. Um, I think we just, you know, we're just trying to just put, you know, put together, you know, some wins together, you know, just, just trying to just, you know, just take one game at a time and just trying to put things together. Um, yeah, I think we're still uh, unified. I think we're still together. I think we still, still, it's a hunger there to, you know, just to win, you know, it's there. We're talking to Charger defensive tackle, Brandon Meebane. At this point, you have five losses. You still have eight games right. left. 2007, right. this team was in a similar position. They turned it around and made some things happen. Based off of what you're saying right. and based off the talent you feel like this football team has, you still feel like you guys could turn this around, correct? Definitely. Definitely. I feel 100%, 100% man, that we can definitely turn around. All we got to do at this point now is just take one game at a time. You know, one game at a time, you know, we have uh, out of the eight games, we got like five home games. So, you know, that's a, you know, a good thing. You know, we had home out of the, out of the eight, out of the, out of the eight, five of the games at home games. So, you know, we don't have to get on the plane and do none of those things and play anybody else stadium. Uh, we can, you know, we can get our little role and things going, you know, as we can, uh, you know, get our home game stuff going on too. So. Yeah, man, uh, I think we're just looking forward to just playing the Titans this week and um, trying to put something together now. So let me ask you this. I mean, coming into the season, you felt like the Chargers had more talent on defense than you had in Seattle. Eight games right. in, do you still feel the same way? Well, when I made that comment, when I made the comment, the comment was basically uh, draft-wise. If you look at okay. drafts compared – the first round, first and second rounders we had on our defense uh, in San Diego, we have on our defense. And then you look at the first and second round draft picks that we had when we was in Seattle. And comparing the two drafts, that's what I based off my feelings that basically there's a lot of talent on this defense more so here in San Diego than it, than it was in Seattle. Okay. You know, a lot, but it, it's funny though because <laughs> a lot of people took it out of terms of like, man, I hate V-Bay now, but at the end of the day, I was talking football, not to disrespect nobody, not to disrespect no organization, it was talking football. That was all point, that's the only thing I was saying, but I mean, if you took it the wrong way or felt like I was disrespecting somebody, then it is what it is, you know, people just, that's just, a lot of people just being ignorant at that point, you know, but the guys that I played with in Seattle, didn't take it as to where, like, I was disrespecting them because I talked to a lot of them still to the day, and none of them took it as personal as a lot of, you know, so-called fans took it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we talking football. I didn't disrespect nobody, uh, uh, family, no organization. We were just talking to just football talk. You know, that's what it was. And, I, you know, I still feel that way. You know, I'm supposed to feel that way. So, did the 12th man kind of turn on you a little bit? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know. There were some fans that did, but I mean, there's a lot of fans that still, you know, like. But at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is. You know, for sure. Um, it, it is what it is. It's it's cool. It's all good. Everybody at the end of the day, everybody not gonna like me anyway. You know, so it is what it is. It's cool. Very true. We're talking to Seahawks defensive tackle Brandon Meebane. I want to ask you this. You nah, played. Nah, you said, you said Seahawks defensive tackle. <laughs> Did I say, okay, which, you, got, you, you put Seahawks <laughs> in my head. We're talking the Chargers defensive tackle, go. Brandon Meebane. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, yeah. you played on the Super Bowl team in Seattle, so you know what it takes to win a championship. Do you feel like right. the team in San Diego, even though they lost five games, even though you know there's, it has been a struggle on some level, do you feel like overall this team has Super Bowl caliber talent and chemistry? Definitely, man. Definitely, man. The, the thing, the thing that we have to do here is 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 limit our mistakes. And when you limit your mistakes as a team, and you capitalize on guys' mistakes on other teams, that's when you get you know a lot of turnover. You get, you know, get the ball back in your offensive hands, you know, put them in good field position. And, you know, that's some of the things that, 
good teams capitalize on. Like, you know, for example, Denver capitalized on some of the things and mistakes that we made as a team. And, you know, I feel like we got a – my opinion, I think we have a better team than Denver overall, my opinion. But, you know, a lot of people say, well, your opinion don't matter. Well, you know, to me it matters, but (laughs) it is what it is, my opinion. But – yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just we, we had a talent here. I think we just have to just continue, continue to just, you know, make, make good decisions as a team, you know. You know, just do our homework and just knowing our opponent, you know, and just capitalizing and having confidence, you know, in each other and in whatever we do, you know. And uh, it'll take you a long way, a long way. So let me ask you this now. You're an L.A. guy. Now you're, you're – right. Closer to home in San Diego. Right. How's it feel to be back right. in Cali? I feel real good, man. The weather is about what I think it's about seventy three degrees and sunny right now, man. I you know I've been up, I've been away. Well, if you include, well, I won't. You can't really include college because college, California, same thing. But I was away from California for about you know nine years, and you know I love Seattle, man. Seattle has some great things, a lot of great things about it. But man, when you talk about the weather, man, the weather down here, man, is just is it just don't seem real. <laughs> it's, it's, it's beautiful, man. It's uh, it's it's it's, it's just beautiful, man. Just to, you can kids can go outside and play year round, and you know I kind of forgot. I like yeah, I used to go outside and play out year round. So uh, yeah, man, I, I I enjoy being here. You know, I feel like I made a, a right decision. I don't regret you know coming here, and I. I'm, I'm thankful they even considered, you know, taking me in. So uh, the Chargers and yeah, man, I'm 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 happy to be here. Does it ever rain in Southern California? It rains, but it rains a little bit. You know, it might rain about two a.m. and you get up and you and you know it, the, the sun had dried up and, and you were like, man, like, did it really rain? I can't really tell. Sometimes I hear you. Sometimes we need rain, you know, to clear up the air. I mean, the, the rain is actually good, but not a, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're talking to Charger defensive tackle Brandon Meebane. And Brandon, you got the Titans coming to town, uh, a team right. that came off a big victory. Uh, this is a team, solid running game. You know, DeMarco Murray, Henry, you know, decent up-and-coming quarterback and Marcus Mariota. What do you feel like you guys need to do defensively to get back on track? Uh, first of all, we definitely got to stop their run. <laughs> and uh, definitely got to stop their run, man. We just, and we got to give our ball, get the offense our ball, uh, the ball back in the offense. And, and uh, you know, let our offense just go to work, you know. Because, uh, like I said, I, we believe in our offense a whole lot, man. And I, I love I love everything about our offense, man. We got a great balance offense. And I love everything about our defense, also too. And, you know, our job is you know basically take away something that they do good, you know, and that's running the ball. So we definitely got to take that away from them. So, I mean, I was on your website, and you know, I see that belly roll. How many belly rolls you got in this year? <laughs> Uh, I got in. I got in one. I tried to. I tried to get another one in with, with a tackle for loss, but I got up too too quick and and uh, did a did a backflip. But I got in one. I, I got in one. <laughs> do you think? Do you think? Well, did you get fined for it? You didn't get fined for it, did you? No, nah, I didn't get fined for that one. That was like when the, that was the first game. But uh, yeah, they starting to fine guys a whole lot for you know doing a lot of dances and everything, but. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do a dance, do my dance, and you know, get 15 yards, or you know, I don't want to hurt my team or everything. But yeah, I hope, hopefully, it's not, a, it's not a penalty. Definitely can't do it towards the opponent's bench. I can't do it towards the opponent's bench. Okay, okay. Huh? I, I don't think it's all that sexual either, so I think you might be okay there too. Well, maybe not. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it, it, just, it just all depends on who officiates at that point. Right. Who's, you know, what, it, you know, it just all depends. <laughs> or it depends how much belly you yeah. get into it or maybe the hip movement too. You got to be careful with that. Yeah. 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 It's, 
Yeah, they definitely cracking down on the dancing. And, and it's tough. I mean, let me ask you this. I got, I got to ask you this. And I won't get you in trouble here, but just watching the NFL, it, it seems like every play is either a personal foul, offense, defensive holding. I mean, it, it just seems like every play there's kind of like something wrong. What is your thoughts as you, you play this game and you notice that there seems to be more penalties or the, we don't know necessarily what's, you know, what's a personal foul sometimes and what is and what is not. I mean, is it hard to play? Well, I mean, when, when you play a game of football, you know, it's, it's a, it's a violent game and the way, the way officials and everybody is looking at it now, you know, uh, you know, they trying to crack down and trying to just, clean the game up and you know with different actions and different forms of play but it's kind of tough though because you know it's, it's a violent game and you know you got guys pulling you got guys tugging on you you got guys trying to block you and you know guys are just running all over the place and you know it's just it's a violent game and so you know I mean the penalties you want to limit yourself with the penalties but with, with, with how violent it is and how violent you want to be to cause penalties, yeah, I think they, I think those things may, I hate to say it, but they probably end up going to happen. But right. as a defensive lineman, I, I like when offensive linemen hold me hard. I, they try to hold me, and I get a penalty, you know, because it's, 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 you know, it's a penalty on them. You know, the more violent you be up front, the more uh, chance you have uh, to get a to get a holding call. So. You know, that's that's my whole mindset is I want them to get a holding call. Right. Overall, you happy with what you've done thus far this season? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm very happy, very happy. Um, you know, I'm not finished. Um, still got a lot to uh, keep improving on and being consistent, more so being consistent. Um, but I'm, I'm very pleased on, you know, how I've been playing up to this point. We're talking to Charger defensive tackle. Brandon, me being a Brandon, you got a foundation out there, me being family foundation. Tell us about it. Uh, it's, a, it's a foundation that we, we're starting. Uh, we're basically is 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 uh, based on uh, childhood literacy, and uh, we're going to get it. We're going we're going to get it up and running uh, soon to where uh, we want to um, help kids uh, just just read more and just get more practice and repetition with reading when it comes to reading. You know, reading is uh, one of the key and basic fundamentals that, you know, every every person, you know, American, wherever in your race or religion you are, or half, or you 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 do, you know, we want everyone to basically know how to, to read and basically write. And so those are the basic key fundamentals that a lot of uh, kids are struggling with, you know, here in America. And um, we basically want to, you know, just help kids and keep encouraging them to read, you know, repetition in anything in life is key. And that's one of the key things that, you know, I had to, I had to, I had to understand and growing up, you know, I had to get the repetitions, whatever I want to be good at. I had to keep doing it over and over and over again. And as I found out that I kept doing it over and over again, I started to get good at it, you know, in life, nothing really comes easy to, to anyone, you know, you know, you have to always put in that work. You know, anything you want to be a good in, anything you want to have success in, you have to get repetitions in. You got to practice and you got to be consistent with it. And that's the basically the whole fundamental of anything in life is repetitions, going it over and over again. For sure, for sure. So fans, make sure you make your way over BrandonMeBay92.com. That's BrandonMeBay92.com. Also head over to Twitter to at MeBain92 and support all the great things going on with Brandon MeBain. Brandon, end of the day, you feel like you guys are going to turn this thing around? Definitely, definitely, and we definitely. You know, that's that's the whole mindset. You know, we, we at, at this point and, and and during the season, you know, it's it's, it's not over with, and it, it's, it's it's still a lot of football to be played. So. You know, our whole mindset, you know, we get paid to do this, man, and, and you really, in this business, you definitely can have no give up or no quit in you or, you know, consequences come but come with that. So, 
our job as the individuals and as a team, man, is to just keep pushing, man, and just keep find, trying to find a way, man, to get some wins going. And um, that's our goal, man, take one game at a time. Pleasure talking to you. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Let's do it again. All right, thank you. Brandon Meebane, DT San Diego Chargers. Pleasure talking to Brandon. Um, you look at the Chargers now again. I mean, he's confident that they'll turn this thing around. They'll get this thing right, and they'll keep this thing. You know, get this thing. So we'll see if that's possible uh, for the San Diego Chargers. So he's very clear. I mean, I asked, I asked him twice. Do, does he feel like? The Chargers can turn this thing around. And he's very confident in that belief that the Chargers can and the Chargers will turn this thing around. So we'll see. Should be fun. Should be interesting. And we'll see how uh, things go moving forward for the San Diego Superchargers. But let's let's go on. Um, last night we saw in Oak, uh, Golden State, OKC, Russell Westbrook, return, well, not return, but face Kevin Durant, his former teammate. You know, those boys were together. They had a great combination. Uh, The combination that you thought could win or at least win one championship together. Didn't happen. Got close in terms of getting to the finals back in 2012. And then, you know, last year had a three games to one lead against Golden State. That didn't work. And they ultimately lost. And then ultimately, because of that loss, they ultimately lost Kevin Durant. And, you know, I was watching that game last night. And, you know, Durant went off 39 points, seven threes. You know, just, it was just effortless. But KD makes it effortless by the way he just scores. He's just a, a professional scorer. But Kevin Durant, 39 big points, seven threes, and then just a dominating, dominating performance by Kevin Durant, dominating performance by OKC. But I, I look at it, man, and I'm obviously I wanted KD to stay in OKC. And I watch it, and I watched that game last night, and I'm thinking about the possibilities. I, I, I'm thinking about you know, if you were to add, you know, you add, you added Oladipo, you added uh, Sabonis, um, you know, and then I was thinking, okay, you were going to add that to what you had in Kevin Durant, you know, Young Biggs and Cantor and Steven Adams. I think this uh, OKC team would have been better and probably would have been better than Golden State. If they would have had Kevin Durant, if Kevin Durant would have decided to stick around. But obviously Durant did what Durant wanted to do. And Durant felt like the best situation for him was in Golden State. I can't be mad at Kevin Durant because that is his right as a free agent to decide where he wants to go. And his decision... And where he decided he wanted to go was obviously Golden State. But obviously, this Golden State Warrior team is was, was supremely talented. It's more talented than than OKC. This Golden State team, I mean, it's just big time, man. And a team that most definitely should get out of the Western Conference. And a team that most definitely, in my opinion, win a championship. Russell Westbrook struggled last night, you know, and um, he started out the year with first three games, two triple-doubles. Now he's starting to slow down a little bit. He struggled last night, four for 15. You know, did get to 20 points, did have the 10 assists, but had the six big turnovers, which is huge. But he struggled. And, you know, he's going to get him again. He's going to see him again. And I was one of these guys – it's so hard to root against Russell Westbrook. He plays so hard. He plays the game 100 miles and running. And it's so hard to root against someone who plays 
the game in a way that Russell Westbrook plays the game. I mean, he's 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 up and down, hundred miles and running. You know, playing as hard as I don't know what, dominant, aggressive, just fun to watch, man. It just leaves it all out there, leaves it all out there on that floor. When when he's done the game, he's earned his money, and he's earned his money for tonight because he's big time out there. He's doing any and everything to get a W for his basketball team. Unfortunately, I mean, they're off to a good start, 4-1. But it might be difficult, you know, to continue to get Ws with this basketball team because it's not obviously what it could be and what it should be. Kevin Durant should be there. I mean, Kevin Durant, I'm mad at you, man. Mad at you. I mean, I know that you wanted to do, I mean, you're entitled to do whatever you want to do. I know that. Mad at you, man. I, I, I'm mad that you didn't stay out there in, in OKC and challenge that Warrior team. I'm mad that you went to the team that beat you. I'm mad that, you know, instead of having maybe – one of the half teams got the Spurs and maybe the Clippers who could actually beat you in a seven-game series. I'm mad it's not OKC who's not in that mix. I'm mad. You make me angry, Kevin Durant. Why? Now, I'm not one of these guys like Stephen A. Smith who says that, you know, this season is eventually, I mean, the regular season is going to be anticlimactic and it's not going to be as exciting. I'm not going to say that because I see a dude in Anthony Davis who can drop, you know, 40, 50. I see a dude in OKC and Russell Westbrook who's exciting and big time. I see a dude out there in Portland and Dame Lillard who can put up big time numbers, big time scores. I see a lot of dudes. I see a dude in, in New York with Melo and Porzingis, which just gives me a level of excitement. Hasn't been good so far, but hey, level of excitement. I see a guy in Indiana with Paul George, who's a star in this league. I, I see Kawhi Leonard out there in San Antonio. It's fun to watch. I see CP3 and Blake out there in LA. Fun to watch. I see James Harden in Houston. Fun to watch. Excuse me. I see Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins out there in Minnesota. Fun to watch. So I'm not one of these guys that said the regular season is going to be Blah or muh because KD is off in OKC. But I am going to say it would have been a lot better. You know, it's good now. It would be a lot better if KD would have kept his tail in OKC. But he decided not to. But we're going to bring in another guy, uh, you know, doing some big things in the community, you know, telling his story to millions and, you know, doing what he's got to do to walk again and doing what he has to do to inspire others. Eric LeGrand. We're going to bring in a guy now. And in life, it's not what happens to you. It's how you respond to it. Let's bring him in now. The one, the only, Eric LeGrand. Eric, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well, sir. Thanks for joining us. And Eric, it's been six years since that hit paralyzed you from the neck down. You seem like a happy-go-lucky guy, though. But is there any anger towards the game of football? Oh, I have no anger towards the game of football at all. You know, the game of football has made me into the man I am today. I know it's a dangerous game before you go out there and play. We all are warned. It has a warning sign right on the helmet of, the, of what can happen. So I'm, I'm not, no anger towards the game of football at all. You know, it's it's been a part of me for my entire life, and I don't know what I would do with that or where I would be even with, without it. So let me ask you this now. Kind of 
Kind of take us through a day in the life of Eric LeGrand. What's that look like? Uh, depends on the day. If I have a therapy, I get up in the morning, get uh, get ready with my nurses. Uh, I usually eat lunch, uh, go through my emails, handle some business stuff, and then head out to therapy for about two hours a day. So I leave around 12.15. I get home around 4 o'clock. And then I finish up answering business stuff and doing emails for the rest of the day. And, and sometimes I have an event to go to at night, or sometimes I may be relaxed or even have a social life. Been able to go out with some friends for dinner, things like that. Or I, sometimes I have speaking engagements during the day where I got to get up in the morning early. My nurses seem to be coming in all through, you know, all through the early mornings to get me ready for a morning speaking engagement. It all depends on the day. You know, I'm meeting with my foundation. I'm all, I'm all over the place, and one day is never usually the same. You're a busy man. You're a very, very busy man. And I, I heard somewhere that it takes, what, about two and a half hours. This was a few years ago. It took you about, takes about two and a half hours for you to get ready. Is that about right? Is that still what it takes? Yeah, yeah, probably around like two hours in the morning with my, with my nurses. We can get me out of bed, get me in another chair, get showered. Um, I get all dressed up, do my brush, my teeth, wash my face, all that stuff. Then back in the bed to get dressed again. And then once I'm finally all dressed again, get back up and get into my wheelchair. It's, a, it's definitely a process, and it's, it's not a one-man job. It takes two people to do it. So it's, it's definitely some work right there, but it's, it's all worth it. Let me ask you this. I know you believe, and I know you have a strong belief that you will walk again. But at times, do you have doubts? Uh, nothing has, has led me to have any doubts so far. You know, this I feel like so always there's been the, with technology, we're always evolving, and that's what keeps me motivated. So it also when I see all the people that are supporting me and raising money, what's my foundation? The only thing that's holding us back is funds. So I know, but the more and more I do, the more and more money we can we can raise. And also, like with technology, I always think about when I got hurt, like the best phone out was like a BlackBerry Curve. And I think now, six years after my injury, we're like on the iPhone 7 already. Like crazy how fast technology involves. And I just see the same thing happening with science. And, and when it comes to with neuroscience and spinal cord injuries, it's just going to keep on evolving. And one day, somebody's going to there might be somebody right now who's studying in their basement, you know, some right. crazy mad scientist. And one day it may pop up and boom, we find a cure for this injury. We're talking to Eric LeGrand. Eric, I want to ask you something. You do a lot of work with Christopher and the Dana Reeves Foundation. Based off latest research, you said, you know, there could be somebody who's coming up with something in their basement. But based off latest research, how close are we to a cure for paralysis? You know, right now we're, we're in the process of working with the Epidural Stimulation with the Reeves Foundation. It's called BigIdeaReeves.org. And people can go to that website and check it all out. But as we implanted four uh, patients between the age of 25 and 35, they were all male, all fairly in good shape, and uh, incomplete spinal cord injuries. And we put an uh, epidural stimulation into the lower part of their spinal cord, and it turns on. And when you turn it on, they regain back their bowel, bladder, sexual function, and also sensation through their body. And they were able to stand up and with a walker. Then they turned it off. And they still remain back having that sensation, the bowel, bladder, and sexual function back. But that with it off, and we're like, wow, maybe we have something here. So now our big idea is to implant 36 more people. And, see, and then we want to do male, female, old, young, in shape, out of shape, and see what we may have here. It's just raising the funds to do it, and that's what we're going to keep on doing. And I believe they're going to be announcing a new initiative soon, the Reef Foundation. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I'm okay. even waiting to hear about it, but I'm excited. So let's talk about your progress. How much progress have you made from 2010 till now? Oh, it's, it's incredible. You know, being able to first coming off a ventilator, which they told me I'd never come off. You know, five weeks later, I was breathing on my own, eating plenty of solid foods after having a feeding tube in my stomach, uh, being able to move my shoulders, have full range in my neck, down to my elbows, even get some finger twitches. Got a lot of back pumps back. I can lean myself forward, bring myself back. Oh man, things have been things have been great for me. You know, moving slowly but surely. But everything that 
I can regain back through therapy. That's what I'm going to do, and the rest I'll leave in God's hands. So you, you have or had about a 5% chance of walking again, but things can happen. What's the first thing you're going to do when you do walk again? Oh, you know, I got to hit a dance first or some type of crazy <laughs> dance. See, that, see, see if I got the ability to run or something, like run up the block and just happiness. And then after that, I want to travel the world, share my story. And of course, I want to go back to MetLife Stadium and lay back down on that 25-yard line and get finished that last play. But after that, I even want to travel the world and share my story that miracles do happen through faith and hard work and determination. So I, I was watching the play. I, I watched the play again. And I, I got to say, you got your money's worth. I mean, you most definitely got your money's worth in that yeah. particular hit. How often do you watch yeah. the play? I see it all the time, especially my speaking engagements. I played in my video beforehand for some people that haven't seen it. So, yeah, I definitely hit Gamma Water Driver. I always say I hit Malcolm pretty hard on that play. So it was definitely a big hit. And uh, at, least, at least I think I did my job on the play. I made, made the tackle. So I always, say, I always joke around about that. So we try to find some humor with this. You most definitely did get your money. So you, you laid him out, man. You laid Malcolm Brown out. Woo! That was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, we talk about it. I talk about it all the time. On that play, it's crazy to say he fractured his collarbone on that play, and I fractured my neck. So yeah, wow. you can tell it was a big hit. Wow! Most definitely. We're talking to Eric Legrand. Eric, I want to ask you this now. I mean, I was reading your coach at Rutgers, your former coach at Rutgers, Greg Chiata, big part of your support system. He also helped you fulfill a dream in terms of playing, or excuse me, or in terms of being on an NFL roster. Talk about what Greg Ciano means to you. Coach Ciano, he's a, he's a real big influence in my life, and it helped me turn from a young boy into a man. The stuff that he used to put us through at Rutgers, you know, he, was, he used to think at the time he was crazy, like, what are we doing? But honestly, it just sets you up mentally for life, you know, being able to handle situations like I'm going through now having a mental toughness to overcome something that you may not think that you can overcome or being able, or physically even get being pushed to your physical limits when you say you can't go anymore, but you can, you know, stuff like that. The lessons that he would use, you know, for us. I said, we all thought he was crazy at the time, but as we get older, you can really see like, wow, this is where he was getting at. This is where he was trying to help me. So it's great. It's great to, you know, actually see, you know, see that now as when, when I was 18 or 19, I was asking myself, what am I doing? Definitely. So, obviously, he gave you an opportunity to fulfill your dreams with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What was that like for you, man, when, when you got that opportunity? And it was amazing. Coach Shannon made my, dream, made my dream come true, you know, being able to play for the for – the, um, play beside an NFL contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because that was the year I was going to get drafted in 2012. And he, they brought me onto that organization, the owners, you know, the Glazier family. So it was truly, a, you know, an incredible gesture and made my dream come true, even though I never got to play it down in the NFL. And I got to retire three months later. And the two years that he was down there, I got to go down there. It was to 10 different times and visit with him and the team. And it was, it was truly amazing. And I can't thank him enough for that. Well, you played in your head, right? Well, in my head, of course. Of course, I, well, I play in my head every day. <laughs> I, I want to ask you this, and obviously, it's not the same. It's not a similar comparison, but I'll say this: I, I lost my hair. I'm bald, and there's times where I have dreams that my hair came back, and they were very good dreams, actually. <laughs> Do you have football dreams that you're, you know? You, you're walking again, you're playing football. Do you have those type of dreams? All of my dreams, I'm always walking. And it's funny because sometimes I'll be dreaming and I'm walking and everything's fine. And then I'll get to a staircase or something. And all of a sudden I stop and I'm like, can I walk up these stairs? And then sometimes I wake up or then I'll, I'll have an itch on my face. I'm like, can I scratch this itch right now in my dream? But I am always on my feet walking in my dream. I'm never in a wheelchair. But sometimes I... I do, in my dream, I'll have limitations, like, can I do this, or can I do that, really? But I'm always on my feet. That's great, man. That's, that's, those are great dreams, I tell you. That has to be some great dreams. We're talking to Eric Legrand, and 
I got to ask you this, and I know you have a strong belief in God, and I feel like God puts certain things on certain people to inspire others. You know, I feel like you're put on this earth, everybody's put on this earth, to do not for themselves, but to do for others. Is it possible that one of the reasons you were paralyzed is to inspire others? Is, is it possible that maybe God put you on this earth to do that? Yeah, I truly believe that. I feel like my, my role on earth was bigger than just a game of football to help a lot of people out get through their adversity in life as I get to, you know, go doing my motivational speaking careers. People get to see me like, wow, if he could do it, why can't I do it? Or if I'm even just out in public having fun, you know, smiling, just being being a normal, normal person, be like, wow, look how happy he is. Why, why, am I, why am I so miserable for stuff like that? You know, I really believe this is what I was put here to do and I feel like there's a there's a bigger cause of this whole thing. And the day I do walk again, it's going to be like, wow, like look what God did, and I'm going to give him all the glory for it. So who motivates the motivational speaker? Who motivates you? I got a lot of people that motivate me speaking. You know, my mom, who stopped everything, stopped her whole entire life to learn how to take care of me, make sure I'm healthy, you know, bring me here, bring me there, all the stuff behind the scenes that people don't see, my mom does, which is truly amazing. And then, you know, all the random people that are out there that reach out to me like, hey, I ran three miles today because I know you do anything to run. Or I went I, I, um, I went uh, to the weight room today because I know you do anything to lift weights again. Or I read your book because I'm because you're an inspiration to me and uh, I wanted to do my book report on you. Like, stuff like that makes you realize I am making a difference in this world and helping other people. Now, I was... I was looking on your Twitter page, and I noticed that you're a Denver Broncos fan. I mean, oh, yeah. are you happy with where the Broncos are at this point? I mean, I look at the AFC, it's about the Patriots to me at this point, but how are you feeling about your Broncos? All right, well, let's just say I'm, we're still the Super Bowl champions, so some of us got knocked <laughs> us off our crown for that first. We're Super Bowl 50 champions, so I'm happy about that. We're 6-2 and two right now, fighting, I believe, in the best division of football right now. We have the best the best records against all the other divisions and three teams with only two losses right now, which is pretty crazy. And the Chargers yeah. fighting back hard, too. So it's going to be a battle coming out that AFC West this year. And my Broncos, I am happy. You know, we're, we're getting better on offense. I know we went through some tough times with some learning experiences and to be sitting at 6-2. and two, going through some of those experiences and having to finally start getting our penalties down, stop causing so many penalties. I, I'm pretty happy, and we've got a showdown Sunday night versus the Raiders. It was in the black hole. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait. That's going to be a big one. That's going to be a good, good game come Sunday night. Big-time Raiders offense against that big-time Broncos defense. Who's going to bend? Who's going to break? should be fun to see. How about your Rutgers, Scarlet Knights? I mean – Tough season, you know, probably the lowest point with the Michigan game. But where do you see that program at this point? You know, I feel like now that, that they finally got the quarterback situation kind of settled, I feel like now they can finally start scoring points on offense again and figuring out and, and having an identity of what they actually want to do on offense. You know, switching from a pro-style offense to a spread offense is not easy when you don't have the players to do it at all. But, you know, find the ways that, you know, to find ways that, that put those guys in successful situations. I feel like the coaching staff has finally found that, and now they can develop their identity this last quarter of the season to get these guys, you know, playing the way that they want them to play. And, and go. So I think brighter days, of course, are ahead for Rutgers. they got to keep that recruiting class together, of course. But I feel like they can uh, win a few of these games coming up here and hopefully starting Saturday versus a 4-4 four four Indiana team who's looking very, very impressive on offense. So you don't think the Big Ten is too big for Rutgers? Oh, no, I know that people are questioning me say that by just looking at, you know, the record and looking at, wow, what's going on? Look at this. But no, it's, it's that we're going to take our lickings and, you know, we're playing, playing I believe, which, which is the best conference in college football now this year, this week. They already they got four teams in the top ten between Nebraska, Wisconsin, Ohio State, right. and Michigan. This is a no-joke conference, so. Now, this our third year. Give us some time. We'll catch up. We'll catch okay. up. We'll, we'll take our lickings down. 
let us start keeping these Jersey guys home. And I'm like, wow, Booker's a right. real deal when you keep these Jersey guys here. <laughs> so what, what else is going on with Eric LeGrand? What, what event do you have coming up? What, what's going on with Eric LeGrand? Well, the big thing I'm working on is now a show with Fox Sports, uh, foxsports.com. It's a digital piece called Mission Possible. It's where I'm the host of a show going inside other people's lives that have some type of disability and being able to share their story and that they're my, using my platform. And we partnered up with Fox Sports doing uh, six short digital pieces. Four of them, uh, we're, I mean, we're doing six of them this season. And uh, they're four minutes long. And I love, I can just tell people to go to foxsports.com slash mission possible and check it out. It's pretty amazing what we've been able to do. And the first piece that we put out, was with the uh, New England Patriots and New Orleans Saints up in Boston with uh, two very, very special ladies that have an incredible story. So I encourage people to go to foxsports.com slash Mission Possible and check it out. So fans, go to foxsports.com slash Mission Possible. Go to his uh, website, ericlegrand.org. Go to his Twitter page, at ericlegrand. Also go to Facebook, facebook.com. At Eric- at, I'll go at Eric LeGrand 52. Okay. And so Eric LeGrand 52, correction. So so make sure you go there and support, support all the great things going on with Eric LeGrand. Eric, when you finally do walk again, I want to be at that party, mm-hmm. man. Oh, it's going to be a party. I'll tell you that, man. I can't wait for it either. I'm Always, it's in my mind every day, so I'll make sure I invite you, all right? <laughs> for sure, for sure. Pleasure talking to you. Again, you're an inspiration to many. Keep on inspiring everybody and everyone that you come in contact with and continue to do big things. Pleasure, man. Let's do it again. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Take care. Welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs, time. In the playoffs, time, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable. And we're back. Go for it. Talking sports. Having fun doing it. I want to thank Eric Legrand for stopping by. It was a pleasure talking to him. Great, great story. Great, great journey. And we wish him nothing but the best within that journey. Soldiers on to eventually be able to walk again. And again, that would be an amazing, an amazing situation when that does, in fact, happen. I want to thank... Chargers DT, Brandon Meebane. I want to thank Eric Legrand for stopping by. You can listen to this show on other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash began. Or you can listen to this show on other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for again For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.